Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and alongside me is Harlequin stalwart and World Cup winning England centre Rachel Berth Berthingtons. How are you Berth? Had a, a good week since uh, since round 41? Yes. I, mean, do, I don't know about you but do you sometimes forget what you've done in the week because it's just kind of feels like the same old thing. Well, just go back, look back through your Insta account, surely. Yeah, no, I do actually have to do that sometimes. When my mum's like, what have you been doing? And I have a quick look back on my story and I'm like, oh, I did that. Yeah, that's what I did. It's bad. My memory is terrible. We know this, Johnny. We, we... How are you? How's your weekend and your week? Do you know what? I, uh, well, that's very kind of you to ask. Um, <laughs> don't usually. Um, first, first time in 41 episodes. Yeah, I, I'm actually quite touched. <laughs> First time in 42 episodes. <laughs> she does care. Right, you've used that time now to use that time up that you should have used to tell me what how you are. So moving on. Right. So back in week <laughs> back in week one, I was no no, I'm joking. Yeah, over the weekend, uh only a couple of couple of things to report actually, Berth. Uh got the kayak out and I I do Love my kayak and getting out. And uh, we've got some some great local rivers around here, uh, and the Basingstoke Canal as well. So we managed to dodge the showers yesterday and had a really good paddle. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, really, really nice. Uh, the only other thing was um, yes, doing this uh, this thirty day challenge um, of doing twenty five press ups a day, just raising some awareness for for men's mental health. Uh, Yes, something that's reasonably close to to my heart. So yes, doing that and spreading spreading a little bit of uh, awareness for that. So uh, yes, that's my news. What about you, Berth? How? Come on, how's the sofa? <laughs> Come on. It's it's getting there. I said July, didn't I? So technically, Ooh. I've got a job to do tomorrow. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. But what, what July's yeah. Yeah, no, look, we're on track. I just still haven't got all the pallets, so I still need a couple more pallets. Um, so that might be the the issue that holds up. But I've got cushions. I've got the the base and the backs. You know I've all probably... that. What have you done in the last week to progress this unbelievable um, sofa? I laid it out in its position. I moved the garden around. <laughs> wow, what progress. No, but it was like really hot, wasn't it? It was too hot to be able to do any work outside. And it was it's in right in the courtyard bit where it's like a sun trap and you've got to look after yourself in the heat, Johnny. Didn't want to get sunburnt and heat stroke. So and then then the rain came and so I couldn't do it in the rain. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Lady Burford <laughs> in the courtyard area they've got the sofa and then at the East Wing Garden. Oh. <laughs> And the croquet lawn. And the, the patio, and, and the, should have said. And then the walled, the walled rose garden that they have. My word. What, you're painting pictures with words. So, Berth, outside of the, the never-ending story of the sofa, you must be doing some other bits and pieces. Um, this morning, where have you been this morning? Let's go and do Bronco Test. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so the whole squad's just... Not that we know when we're going back in still yet, but I think just the SNCs want to know some numbers from players just so you can kind of get planning. Um, 
But yes, I had that this morning. wasn't that nice, but got it done. Yeah, but then other than that, not much. Well, I say not much. I was coaching um, a school all of last week. Former England player, Emma um, Croker. She got me in doing virtual classes with all of her school over the whole week. So that was good fun. Um, I did a couple of them in the sun, which I shouldn't have done. But no, it's really good to to get on Zoom with with the school. Anyway, look, uh, enough of our waffle. Um, let's yeah. get to a lady who would put us, I suspect, both to shame in terms of uh, what she's been achieving in the last week, um, let alone the last couple of years. Uh, Sarah Ebdelbaki uh, just turned 23 years of age. She is already a Syrian international. She now heads up the women's development for, for rugby in Syria. She's also the assistant men's coach of the national side. And she's also the first Asian woman referee to officiate a men's game. A truly remarkable story. Yeah, she joins us on the line now all the way from Syria. Well, we've managed to tie Sarah down, uh, one of the busiest ladies in Syria with about... 1400 different roles that she's performing uh, around the game of rugby in Syria. Thank you so much, Sarah Albaki, for joining us on the Women's Rugby Pod. A very, very warm welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's, it's really nice to talk to you both. It's our absolute uh, pleasure. Sarah, do I, do I believe it's just been your birthday? Yeah, it's uh, 21st uh, June. Oh, well, many happy returns. Yeah, I'm 23 now. <laughs> wow, still just 23. Right old age. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so t- 23 years of age, and uh, our listeners will understand over the next uh, sort of half an hour or so just how much you've crammed into your first 23 years of your of your birthday. But uh, how, how are you? How was your birthday? How was the whole global pandemic uh, affected you and and how have you been keeping positive and upbeat well yeah it's 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 been a tough time for all of us you know we've been through some hard days uh in lockdown uh but i i i try to keep myself you know fit and healthy and positive uh try to do things uh that i didn't have the chance to do uh in 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 normal life <laughs> So, yeah, spending time with my family, um, working out at home. So I managed to, to, to stay positive and, and didn't let this, like, really affect me in a bad way. Great stuff. Yeah, it's been a, a nice time to be able to, I suspect, a, a busy lady like yourself, just to pause and to take some, some breaths and, and, as you say, do a, do a few things that you don't possibly normally do, um, which, is, which is really good. Yeah, of course. Um, and what what is happening in, in Syria now in, in terms of lockdown and being being able to to get back to playing well, rugby? It's, it's, yeah, we we have we we have a few cases, uh, like uh, almost three hundred cases. Um, so it's not that much, but um, life is getting back to normal. Uh, it's a slow process, of course, but, but we're uh, going there. Um, uh, sport is is also uh, taking the the. Uh, Safety measures, you know, players are getting back to 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 field, but with 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 uh, safety measures for all for players and coaches, and and we're aware of of that of that uh, thing, you know. So I suspect that takes a, a lot of your time, but uh, perhaps we will we will get into that in a minute or two. 
I, I first just wanted to, to ask you, uh, Syria is, is certainly not known for for rugby. Um, so yeah. when did you first meet rugby? When did you first come across rugby? Well, yeah, that was uh, three years ago. Um, I got into, introduced to rugby uh, by the coach who was starting the first uh, team in my city, uh, Basel Al-Halabi. Um, and then I, I got introduced to rugby. I, I, before that, I had no idea what rugby is. Uh, but I, I completely fell in, the, in love with the game uh, when I first tried, tried it. And, um, you know, <laughs> walking, I, I remember my first uh, training session. Uh, I, I was curious to try this game and I was walking uh, on my way there. I, I was thinking, I have no idea if I'm going to love this, ga- this game or if I'm going to, to continue playing it. I thought it, it, it was just a, a one-time thing, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I can tell you that I didn't even have to think twice about it. I just knew that this is what I want to do and uh, this is my passion. Was there a particular one thing or was it a mixture of lots of things that made you go, I absolutely love this? Well, um, you know, um, uh, sport has always uh, been a huge part of my life. I played many sports. I played tennis, uh, handball, uh, kickboxing. But there's something unique about rugby uh, that made me uh, that made me fall in love with it, which is teamwork and and and. Uh, uh, support each other and being being uh, in a in a in a team uh, which which is which is more than a team it's it's a family you know uh, that that makes it a unique sport really and what one more thing I love about rugby is that uh, it doesn't only make you a better player or a coach or a referee but it makes you a better person as well uh, because of its uh, core values and and just the atmosphere and the people that you, that you get to know. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling very, uh, very inspired here. It's uh, very, very fresh for you. I started about playing about 40 years ago, so it's not the memory is not quite so fresh for for myself. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And how how quickly did you? Because again, it, it's quite a, a technical game. Uh, how how long did you feel it took you to to feel comfortable on a on a rugby field? Well, that, that's, that's, uh, also one of the things that I love about rugby, that it, it changed, uh, my personality. It made me more confident and, and stronger. And it pushed me out of my comfort zone, uh, which is, I needed really, uh, before, before, uh, rugby. Um, so I, I started in, uh, in 2018. Um, and, uh, after a while, I, I found myself playing with a, uh, Syria, first Syrian national uh, women team. Um, my first time on the pitch was, uh, in West Asia, uh, tournament that was held in Lebanon, uh, in April, 2018 as well. So I had a really short amount of time, uh, to prepare for it, you know, it's, it's only three months and, um, like I didn't know rugby before that. And I just had only three months to, to prepare and, and not just me, the whole, the whole team, you know, um, and I find it great because because in a really short amount of time we we were able to to do a great performance in in that tournament and and we we uh, we came in third place. Wow. Okay. So 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 in Asia Asia these tournaments are are being organised. But if we could just back to to to, to two thousand and eighteen, 
what how many clubs are there in Syria how many how many clubs were there to choose from then uh what what is the setup is it is it regionalized yeah we uh, we had four teams um one in my city uh, three in my city Sweden and one in Damascus uh, and from from that ter- that tournament was a huge step, you know, to to uh, to actually have more women to join the game, uh, because now that we have a national team, um, someone to look up to, uh, you know, like more women are encouraged now to 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 join the game. Okay, so back back then there were there were four teams, and, and yeah, and, yeah, and how many teams now, Sarah? Now we we also have we we have like a more number of players we have uh 60 women players uh and it's it's adding up actually um we now we, because now we have rugby in three academies for boys and girls and um and in each academy we have 40 40 boys and girls uh from 12 to 16 um age age from 12 to 16 um and like we're applying the get into rugby program there, which is you know a step to to have a new generation of of players. Where does rugby or or if it does fit um, into schools? Yeah, we we've we've been through some schools and introduced rugby to them, and and but now like we're we're focusing on 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 academies. It's it's like a summer school, you know, the academy. Okay. Do you how you hold um, academies during? certain holidays of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sarah, before we, we, we go any further, you should probably uh, just let us know what your all your different roles are within rugby in Syria. Yeah, well, uh, I'm head of women's development in Syria. Um, I'm also an assistant coach for a Syria men national team. Uh, which is being led by the uh, Tunisian coach Dafir Gazdah. Uh, I'm also a um, the first uh, female referee to uh, to officiate a rugby match in, in Syria, and I was stated by Asia Rugby as the first Arab Asian referee. Um, I'm also a content writer for uh, for Asia Rugby. Wow! Yeah, many things. It's not easy. Trust me. <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, that's incredible. So the reason I wanted to just let the, the, the listeners know about that was because we, we, we're talking about things that I am guessing you are you are part of the process in creating these academies. Is yes, that, yes, that that's true. And, and and is that one of your your main focuses? Is is targeting the children because obviously. Um, you know, five, ten years time from now, you will have a, a host of players. Is that has been your your main focus in in your development work? Yes, that's right. Because you know, without you know, we can't we can't just bring any player and and let's say twenty years old and and it's better to 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 have children and um, to get children from young ages to play this game because then it's it's not only a game; it's a culture, you know. So um, it's it's really important to start playing from young ages, and then as they grow up, they they get more attached to the game. They get they they do develop that passion for it. So it's really I find it really really great to 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 have rugby amongst uh, kids and in schools and um, 
Yeah. Now, you talk about a, a culture there. I just wonder, we, we spoke about it at the top of the, our chat here, that Syria is not known for its rugby. I suspect it is is not particularly known for, for playing a, a very physical sport that the rugby is, let alone... Yeah let alone women playing that sport or getting involved. So um, how difficult did you find that? How many barriers well, yeah. were there for you? Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I had, uh, I've been through so many challenges uh, at the beginning, you know, when I started playing. Uh, whenever I, I, I tell uh, anyone that, that I'm playing rugby, uh, they, their first reaction is, oh, my God, you play rugby, uh, as though... Um, um, I'm weak or I'm vulnerable or, uh, you know, I can't play it. Uh, so, yeah, th- there's that look. Uh, we live in a society where, uh, which is uh, uh, rugby is not really for, for women. You know, it's, it's, it's known as a, as a men's sport. So I've been through some challenges, but I didn't let that stop me. I didn't listen to them. I just knew that I just rugby is my passion and, and that's what I want to do. Um, and now it's getting better. More people are knowing what the game is actually is. You know, some of them used to think that it's a fight, but it's not. It's 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 more than that. Uh, it's it's a unique game. It's it's a clever game. It's not a fight. So um, I find it really amazing now that that many women are actually taking uh, the step to 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 play rugby and 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 uh, being involved in it you know because in this society you have two choices either you have to cope up with a society you live in and give up on your sports or or you can just um uh face your challenges and 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 overcome your challenges and uh, uh go for your passion so you spoke about that 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 family element of, of rugby um is that what you think is attracting people to the game of rugby in Syria now? Is that they are, they are having their eyes opened up to what a wonderful game it is and it does not matter how physical it is? Yes, yes. Now they have another you know, perspective of this game. Uh, they see the, the atmosphere. Uh, people come to tournaments and, and watch the games. So the, now they, they see rugby as, um, as not only like... Uh, a random sports it's more than that it's it's a family it's it's the whole huge atmosphere uh an exciting one a fun one uh everyone is supporting each other uh which is amazing so yeah i think that's that's uh, now uh why women are actually uh, loving this game and joining it outstanding so you're because they want to be they want to be part of, of that family yes yeah it, it, it's a it's a nice family to be a part of isn't it of course, yeah. So your your role? Yeah, of course. It's 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 feel it feels amazing, really. So your role as a head of women's development. Let's 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 talk about that role to to start with because you've you've got lots. Uh, what what does what does that does does that involve, Sarah? What what do you do in that role? I always look for new schools to to uh, to ha- to have rugby in. You know, to in- to introduce rugby to them. Uh, so we get to have more girls and like when they grow up, more women players. Uh, I'm also, uh, we, we have the sevens tournaments, um, for women and uh, I'm in charge of the uh, women's national team. And yeah, I, I've got many things to do, uh, in, in developing rugby. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one of your other roles is the uh, assistant coach for the men's yeah, na- that's for the men's, yeah. for the men's national team. Yeah. How much of a challenge is that? Oh, that, that's really challenging, you know, because uh, you know, um, as an assistant, a female assistant coach, and uh, I'm coaching like uh, I don't know, like fifty men. <laughs> So that's hard. That's really hard. You, you you need to get them to to listen to you. I need to be in control. I need to have um like a strong um, character. I need to uh I just need to ha- to, to to let them um uh, listen to me and do what I want. So that's really challenging. And how how do you do that, Sarah? How do you make them listen? Because I suspect there would be some men in that fifty that do not want to listen to a a, a female coach. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, at first it was hard, like to be honest. Uh, but now I'm getting better. I'm, I'm, like, I'm starting to learn how how to talk to players. Um, I'm gaining more coaching skills. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having, uh, like more, uh, uh more confidence. Um, so it's uh, day after day, it, it becomes easier. Uh, you get to know your players well. Um, they get to listen to you more. So it's, it, it takes time, like everything takes time. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Um, and in terms, how, how often does, does that men's national team train? Before, well, um, before, before the COVID, be, yeah, yeah. Before coronavirus? Yes. Yeah, we, we used like to have uh, four or five uh, times a week. Uh, and now it's it's less now it's because of the situation we have uh, you know uh, less number of players and less number of of days to to practice and for the for the listeners who who possibly don't know that that Syrian men's national team would would play where in an asia tournament against presumably other asian countries yeah, we uh, we play against other Asian teams. We uh, the men's team participated in many tournaments, uh, not just in in Asia. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, we have we have many we had many participation um, not, uh, around the world, in Dubai Sevens and in, in India. Wow, you're probably getting uh, around the place, and it, the, is- yeah. And not just the national team, uh, though the the clubs that we have also participated in in many tournaments. I am guessing that there is plenty of support. Uh, there there can always be more support, but but I, it sounds like there is plenty of support from from your from your government, but also but yes. also world rugby. Yes, we 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 have uh, support from both. Uh, our governments just um, didn't. You know, um, we're in a con- we our country have been through so much, you know, uh, war and stuff. But uh, the one great thing is that our government didn't stop sports, you know, and kept encouraging sports uh, through the, throughout the the uh, war years. So I find that amazing. We 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 had uh, a huge support from them, and and we still have. Uh, and of course, world rugby and Asia rugby as well. Such such positivity as you say amongst. Uh, a backdrop of of so much ter- turmoil and, and and war must be brilliant. I just the only other thing I wanted to just talk to you about, Sarah, was you 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 change your tracksuit uh, 
for a shirt and a whistle. You're also a, yeah. ref, a, a referee. So I'm always changing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. We would say yeah. here, lots of different hats to wear. Yeah, that's true. So, what 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 attracted you? What did you like about the the refereeing, or was it the fact that nobody else wanted to do it? Well, um, no, it's it's not like that. Um, I I did a, a course, a TNE course in uh, in Lebanon in September, last September. So uh, one of the courses uh, was uh, match officials. Um, I just loved it, you know. I um, I knew more details about rugby. I uh, I got to, to study rules and laws and, and be more into the game. So I had a great experience in that course. Uh, and when I got back home, Syria Rugby uh, gave me the chance to, to actually officiate a game in, in the Syrian championship. At first, I was nervous, you know. It, it was, I had no experience and it was my first time refereeing a 15th men match. Um, I was nervous and, and that was not easy, but I worked so hard for it. I studying, uh, laws, rules and uh, free positioning. Um, and when I got onto the pitch, I just I told myself that I, I need to do it. I need to be in control. I need uh, to make fair decisions for both teams. Um, so I just stayed focused, you know, um, and everyone was so respectful. It was such a great experience, uh, first experience. And since that match, I was able to refree uh, many other matches. I'm very, yeah. very, very pleased to hear that uh, everybody was was respectful. D- did you have to send anybody off? Oh uh, yeah, I gave uh, one yellow card. <laughs> was that easy to do? Yeah, yeah, that that was not easy, but I, I just had to do it. You know, I had to be in control. <laughs> Stamp your authority straight away. I like it. Yeah, players must fear me. You know, as a as a referee. <laughs> My head is going all all over the place because here. Uh, in England, we have a, a, a perception of, of Syria, and, and to hear your your story this morning of of a, of a woman giving a, a male uh, rugby player a yellow card and coaching the men and what have you, I just the two just don't seem to mix. It you must be an incredibly strong, driven person to to do that. Do you realise at the, the age of twenty three just just how much you've achieved? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, um, yeah, it, it was not easy, you know. And uh, I'm glad uh, for the fact that I'm still young and I have uh, many years to learn and be more involved in rugby and just give it everything I've got. And maybe maybe in 10 years, like, I, I get to, to help, to really help uh, more women, not just in Syria, but but maybe in Asia and, and around the world. Wow, well, that's uh, looking into the, the the future for us. But just 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 finally, Sarah, because I'm conscious to to not take up your time because you have so 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 many different <laughs> jobs to do. Uh, <laughs> um, what what does the what does the future of rugby for women's rugby in Syria look like to you? Uh, and where do you where do you hope that it can get to? Yeah, well, it 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 really looks promising for me, you know, because because now uh, more women are encouraged to try the game, and like they have uh, many other women players to look up to and encourage them and tell them, okay, you can take this step. I'm with you. Um, it's it's not hard. Just follow your passion. Um, so yeah, I see it. I see uh, women rugby in Syria really growing in, in in you know in a few years. 
and um that i find that amazing and and you know uh we're going to be able to participate in more tournaments uh do a much better job um we we're actually planning now on having more female uh, coaches and more female uh, referees and um and and even like uh, involved in rugby at any level maybe like administrators and managers so yeah i i find i find a, a bright future ahead of us great that is a fabulous message <clears throat> to to hear and uh yes from a, a traditionally a, a, not a rugby country to to be smashing down the walls that that you are doing at such a ton, tender age is uh is truly inspiring Sarah honestly yeah thank thank you so much perfect I just, I, I just want to echo that like if I think about what I was doing at that age it, you know all I was caring about was kind of playing and just going along <laughs> And the fact that you're kind of running the show and breaking down those barriers, not in like just one sector, but you know, you're you're at the heart of developing it, you're on the pitch with refereeing and you're also breaking down the barriers that we're still struggling with and getting women coaching more men's teams. Yeah. So it's absolutely amazing and, and thank you for, for sharing your, your insight and your story. And you know, I said straight away to Johnny, I was like, you know, I, I don't really know what or if any rugby goes on majorly in Syria. So it's it's so good to now, you know, learn about it, spread the love about it, and actually all the great work that's going on and the development that and the possibilities is is really exciting to be able to share with everybody. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for for you know letting me speak and and shining a light on 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 um, on rugby in in countries that that you know uh, many many other countries around the world they 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 have no idea that they have rugby, you know. So thanks for giving us that chance. Oh, don't be silly. Our, our pleasure. It's, uh, when, when you speak to uh, a young lady like yourself, it is, it is only a pleasure. Sarah, I'm just going to leave you with, with, with one promise that I'd like you to make. Yeah, what promise? <laughs> if you ever come to England, you will get in contact with, uh, with yeah. Berth and I and we can make meet up and, and share some ideas. Of course. It, it would be such an honour. Of course. Th- that's a promise for sure. Oh, great stuff, Sarah. Thank you so much. And, and from you look from, from uh, women's rugby fans all, all around the world, but I suspect uh, you know, women rugby player in Syria, thank you so, so much for what you're doing. Uh, it's been truly humbling listening, to you, you, listening to you this morning. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Katie Savvy, you're here, General Manager of Women's Rugby at World Rugby, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Beth, I just, I, I can't, over the last month or so, I just utterly inspired, utterly, utterly inspired by these, you know, these young women who, you know, have, have it seems as though they've got absolutely everything stacked against them you know we spoke to to sarah today and we'll, we'll sort of you know, get into her a little bit uh, more in, in a second but you know talking to uh anna as we did didn't we a, a few weeks back uh in in uh, in malaysia and nahid as well uh in iran just just smashing down walls and just not caring and actually we could do that here and we, we say that we should do it but I mean, if young ladies are 22, whatever, 19, 20 years of age, can become a full international, head up the women's programme, uh, be an assistant coach to the, to the men's side, 
do refereeing as well. And you and you can hear how much effort and what have you she's put into it. What th- there shouldn't be any excuses left in 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 the UK in Great Britain <laughs> as to why more women aren't involved in rugby. Surely, when you hear stories like that. Yeah, I mean, I think. Sarah's story is pretty unique um, but yeah it's just absolutely you know awe-inspiring the fact that she is literally doing everything over there and I'm sure she's got support staff and, and people helping her on the journey but you know if, when I was 23 I was focused on playing but then does that mean that you know that more support is needed to allow you know almost like I I only had to worry about that I didn't need to do the things because we had people in place and hopefully you know Sarah's starting something over there where more women are getting involved more players are getting involved then you can have more people like her that rocks up to a session and suddenly falls in love with it um but I what I find so fascinating about this story is every time we talk to people they're like yeah I came along I fell in love with playing and it stops there and they just play and then maybe later down the line things change. But when have we heard that somebody rocks comes up, rocks up to the train, first time, absolutely falls in love with it, doesn't even need to have, give it a second thought that she wants to continue, then goes another step further and is a referee, then goes another step further and is heading up women's development, then goes another step further and then becomes a coach. Like That is pretty remarkable about Sarah's story, I think. Oh, I can I, I couldn't agree more. I just think when when you know the barriers, you know it, it it's it's just not you know seen as a, a a sport in Syria. Using Sarah's own words in a another interview that uh, I saw doing a bit bit of research for for this morning, but you know she said yeah, it's a violent, it's a physical sport that it, that's just not the tradition of sport in Syria, and it, and it's and it's a men's sport. To, to go, well, do you know, I, I've got so much passion for that and, and the, the, I love the game and that whole family aspect was very, very strong in what she was saying, wasn't she, mm-hmm. that she, she liked about it. To say, I, I don't care what barriers, whether if I've got a referee's whistle in my mouth or I'm coaching or playing, I just don't care the barriers. That's what I want to do and, and, and I'm just going to go for it. A truly, yeah, inspiring stuff. Another person that we've spoken to that we feel now inadequate. Like really, like, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're right, there's half of me that's going, oh my God, what have I been doing with my life? And there's half I of me know. going, I can't what? even finish a sofa bed in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. And, you th- and then there's another half of me going, right, get out and do it. Um, no, I thought she was uh, a tremendous guest and, uh, and how... How great to hear about some, some rugby, some more rugby about uh, in another part of the world. So yeah, we we thank uh, thanks Sarah, and clearly there's a lot of support going on from uh, from Asia Rugby and World Rugby uh, in there as well. So hats off to them for that. I'm Jill Burns, and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. So a little bit of uh, news, not too much this week. Plenty, of course. Coming from our regular news source at the moment, uh, Sale Sharks women, just the 11 signings uh, over <laughs> over last week. Tellery and Davis, Mali Quack, uh, both Welsh internationals, Sarah Cornforth, Georgia Kyle, Hannah Birch, Megan Kirby, Hannah Kutz, 
Daisy Hibbert-Jones, Elisa Jennings, Amy Wallace and Catherine Crane. Congratulations to all of you. And some of those ladies come from uh, local clubs. Uh, they're saying sort of grassroots to, to shark boots. Quite a nice little tagline, is it? And uh, yeah, we know Kathleen Crane from her work with the uh, Looseheads charity as well. She's uh, one of the ambassadors and, and models for, that, for them. So, uh, yeah, many congratulations to her. A little bit of news coming out of Gloucester Hartbury as well. They've, they've, they've strengthened their second row options, Berth. Yeah, I mean, obviously, last weekend we were talking about where is Sarah Bonner going to go, and we had a, an idea she might have been wandering over to Gloucester, um, so not a real big surprise there. And uh, Gwen Crabb, the uh, Welsh international, also signed up at Gloucester Hartbury as well. And Joe Brown, uh, Red Rose International, open side, out now open side, didn't she, to Joe Brown? Um, has exchanged Loughborough Lightning to go and join Joe Yap down at Worcester. Is there any other news to catch up on, uh, Berth? Anything we've missed this week? I don't think so. I think, actually, just to highlight, there's a lot of um, opportunities going around for new head coaches, new assistants or backs or forwards coaches in a lot of rugby clubs. So if people are on the lookout to get into coaching and actually want to work regularly with a team, then do look around. Um, I know Mansfield RFC, they were... um, posting not so long ago a few local south teams also so just if you're interested um make sure you're looking out for it yeah and if you do want to get into rugby and you've stumbled across this podcast whatever yeah lots and lots of teams beginning to do their 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 pre-season now um so if you don't know of your lo- local club um pretty pretty easy to uh to, to find out or to thought through the uh through the internet or do you know what, just just give us a shout and we'll we'll try and Point you in the right direction, but um, yeah, pre-season happening now. Berth, not quite sure when when we're going to get on the park. Just gotta just gotta keep the reins nice and tight, haven't they? These uh, these coaches in these clubs. Yeah, I think look, everyone's going to be desperate to get back close desperate. contact with yeah. their teammates. Um, but like, it's really limited. Obviously, what you can do, like. We haven't got any rugby to play for. If you look at the men's premiership, we still haven't got a definite time frame for when that's going to start. And they're only just doing running and weights in small groups. So I think, yeah, I think we want to get back together. We want to get out there pre-season, but just making sure, you know, that we're not going to burn ourselves out because that's the worry is that we go too hard too early and you can't sustain that. Um, so just making sure I'm sure people have got good protocols in place and they've got good ideas on like, you know, player management through this time because, you know, who knows if the league will start in September. The less we know now would obviously indicate maybe it's not going to happen in September. Um, so I think, yeah, just be mindful. Look, get out there, get back together as a team, you know, with all social distancing measures, etc. But just be really mindful about how much we're doing. Um, for for a body perspective, and also you know making sure that we're not burning out too early. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great stuff. Well, look, uh, huge, huge thank you to uh, to Sarah Eldonbaki for coming on today and telling us all about uh, rugby in Syria. Truly, truly inspiring. Yet another inspiring young lady uh, from around the world here on the uh, on the WRP next week. 
A lady at the other end of the spectrum in terms of her experience. Four-time Olympian and gold medalist. Here, an ice hockey Hall of Famer. And the only female member of World Rugby's executive committee. Angela Ruggiero is coming on the pod. Really looking forward to uh, to that one, Berth. And getting uh, a little bit of insight from, from inside World Rugby. So, yeah, Angela on the pod next week and that will be it for a little a little sort of summer break in terms of in terms of live we're going to just keep things ticking over for for a few weeks while we both have a bit of a rest mainly from each other mm-hmm. but yes a big thank you to Sarah uh, a thank you to to you Berth, as always and everybody yeah look after each other be kind and be well until next time